Today, the point is we're on still on the basics. And how will the world end? Many people ask when the end of the world will be, and if you've read the Bible, you can see that there are things that are still yet to come, but if you really know, it can happen at any time when the Lord takes us out. Many have predicted it. Even some have written books. There was one of the 88 reasons why the Lord was going to come back in 88. Didn't happen. The next year, we had the 89 reasons why the Lord was going to come back in 89. I said, he just put because it didn't come back in 88. That's all. Just one more reason why he didn't come back and didn't come back at those times. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 36, and in the notes that you have, there's a lot of scripture that I'll be giving that are not in your notes. If you want to write these down, that's why there's space. But in Matthew chapter 24, verse 36, it says, But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven nor the Son, but the Father alone. It says that no one knows when the Lord's going to come back. It says not even the angels who are close to God, but even closer to God is His Son. It says not even the Son knows. And if Jesus Christ doesn't know, do you think that God is going to tell one of us before He tells His Son? I don't think so. Because it's Jesus that's going to come back. So where is Jesus right now in all of this? If you look at Luke chapter 22, verse 69, Jesus' own words, it says, but from now on, from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the power of God. And then Ephesians 1, 20 through 22, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. That's where Jesus is above everything that happens here on earth. It says, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also the one to come. And he put all things in his subjection under his feet, and he gave him as head over all things to the church. We are the church this morning, which is his body, the fullness of him who fits all in all. He's at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, praying for us, interceding for us this morning. And I tell you what, I don't want anybody's prayers more than I want. Jesus praying for me that I can know the truth, that I can walk through this life, that I can have peace, that I can have joy, that I can have the blessed hope. That I can have the blessed hope. So on your notes, I'm going to switch the first two scriptures. And if you'll stand with me, 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. This is an unusual scripture to start our service with, but you'll understand as we go through this. It says, of the sons of Issachar, men who understood the times with knowledge and of what Israel should do. Two things that I want you to understand in this scripture. That these, these sons of Issachar, they understood what was going on around them. They understood the time that they were living in. They understood everything that was happening. They knew what God was planning to do. And then the last part of it, they said they knew what to do. Sometimes we can know What's happening? But we don't do anything. And sometimes the opposite. We don't know what to do, and yet we do something. Ever see that? You know, you get me in front of a car, lift that hood, 
You know, I can bang around a little bit, but I have no idea what I'm doing. You know, finding spark plugs, I might be able to do that. I know where to put the oil, but, you know, if you need me to rebuild that engine, I could, I could do it, but you don't want me to do it. <laughs> so don't call on me when you're having car troubles. Of the sons of Issachar, men who understood the times with the knowledge of what Israel should do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come today, and I, I pray that you would help us to be as the sons of Issachar, to understand what's happening around us. Father, to read your word, to pray, to seek your face. Father, to, to see those things which are happening around us. And then help us to go and do. Help us to go and do. Father, we need your help. I pray that you would touch pastor this morning, touch his body, heal him, help him to feel your touch, the great physician, the lover of our souls. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Turn around and shake someone's hand before you're seated this morning. I'll tell you a little how God works and a little how the devil works. This morning, uh, as I was getting ready, I, and God had kind of helped me with this message before Pastor had asked me to, to speak. I wasn't planning to speak today, and, uh, but I had, uh, had been doing a little studying on this subject. And um, so that's how God helps. But this morning, as I got up, and as I, we live in a cul-de-sac, and as I came around the corner, uh, leaving where we are and to get onto another street, to, um, there was a huge tree right there in the road. And at about 6.30 this morning, and, and uh, I thought, uh-oh. I thought, this is the way the devil works. So, I mean, I couldn't get around it. I, so I got out of the car, and, and I, I went around one side that had all the branches and everything. I looked and, and saw, well, might be a possibility here. And then I did what all big, strong, strapping men like to do. <laughs> that thing wasn't going anywhere. So I got back in my car and I called the police and I said, there's a tree in the road and you need to come and get it. And uh, so then I drove in my neighbor's yard to go around it and <laughs> came on to church. Said, you're not going to win, devil. <laughs> Today I want to try and help us that we can understand the times and we know what to do. So what about the times that we are living in? If you look, and, and there's, there's lots of times we would say, man, things are just not going very good. We can see that we've had four hurricanes that have just come in and formed, that there's more that are out there. Earthquakes in Mexico and around the world, and it's not just that we're having earthquakes, but that these are becoming more and more intense. 
We can see wars and rumors of wars that are going on. North Korea that seems that they want to just um, bomb somebody with a nuclear warhead. We have terror all around us, around the United States. We can see that things are happening out of our control in Las Vegas and, and those types of things that are taking place also around the world. seems like every single day I get a, a little text from somewhere, from one of the news uh, things that I follow, saying that there was, you know, something happening. Even this morning as I got up, there was a, a car bomb, I think, in Somalia that took place. People will ask, can it get any worse the answer is yes. The answer is yes. It can get worse, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to get worse, that we understand the times and we know what to do. And let me tell you that Jesus is coming back, and that's our blessed hope. We do have a statement in our church, and the, the doctrine that we believe, uh, it's one of the 16 tenets of faith that we went through at the beginning of this year. And if you didn't, uh, weren't a part of that series, you can go back and listen to that. Um, the end of, uh, or starting in February and moving on, 16 weeks. And here it is, our doctrine, our statement, which reads, on the millennial reign of Christ. The second coming of Christ includes the rapture of the saints, which is our blessed hope, followed by the visible, visible return of Christ with his saints to reign on earth for 1,000 years. So Jesus is coming again. Aren't you happy about that? I'll tell you what, I, I am. And he's coming with a purpose to take us out of here. He's coming with a purpose, and that is to take us out of here. Acts chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. And after he had said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was going up, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. And they said to him, Men of Galilee... Why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in just the same way as you've watched him go into heaven. As they were standing, and, and this was the last time that they saw Jesus, he had died on a cross, and he went into the grave. Three days later, he rises up again. Then we see, you know, the time between that and the, and the time of Pentecost that was yet to come, 40 days um, we can see all these things that are unfolding, but the three days afterwards, he rises up. And then he spends about 10 days with those disciples, with those, it said, about 500 people. And then the last day as the one that was there to teach them. Could you imagine being one of the disciples, walking with him for three years, three and a half years, and, and he's taught them all these different things. He's told them what is to come. And he's getting them ready, and yet now the teacher goes away. And I, I see two things which are remarkable here. Number one, that Jesus is just lifted up off the ground into the air, which they had never seen before. Never seen before. And the thing was, is there was two men that were standing there in, in white clothing, probably angels, who were talking to them. Now, I, I, would, I would be very excited if an angel came and talked to me. And they're standing there, and they say, What's going on? Why are you kind of downcast? The same Jesus who rose up from the dead will come back again to take them home. Jesus was taken up as the disciples and others were standing there as they were looking. 
And it was at the Mount of Olives. And if you know where that is, lots of times we, we can see this is where pictures are taken of Jerusalem. And this is a little bit uh, a distance from the Garden of Gethsemane. It's real close to there. And this is where they were standing. This is where Jesus ascended to go up into the heavens. And for some, they would think, okay, that's it. And you can see the disciples, a lot of them, they just went back to doing other things. Jesus is gone. Our teacher is gone. We don't have a leader. Let's go and do something else. And they did. And they did. Then 40 days went by, and then, as Jesus told them to go and wait, and then the Holy Spirit came on them. Holy Spirit came on them. We have to understand that Jesus is coming back. We should know and be aware. We should know and be aware. Jesus told the disciples before he left to watch. In Luke chapter 21, it says, There will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish. We see countries that are struggling right now, even our own country. And the perplexity at the roaring and the tossing of the sea, that kind of sounds like hurricanes to me and tsunamis and things that are taking place. People will faint from terror. Fear will be a great motivator. Fear will be a great motivator of people. And I can prove it. What happened September, how were you feeling September 10th a few years ago? And then the next day when 9-11 took place, it changed our world. It brought terror. People were afraid to get on planes. People were afraid to go out. People were afraid, afraid, afraid. It motivated. It still does. still does. Some of those things that took place years ago, we still have in practice today because of 9-11. Apprehension. Yes, apprehension of what is coming on the world. For the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift your head because your redemption is drawing near. He's telling them, listen, these things are going to happen, but when you see it happen, stand up and look up. Because your redemption is coming. It's going to happen. It's in God's Word. He has told us. He was telling them what to look for. It's not for us to run and hide. And there's some people who do that. When they hear that the world's going to come to an end and everything else, we just had one of these people who said this. I can't remember. Was it October 23rd? No. Whatever, just a couple of weeks ago, they'd predicted that the, you know, Jesus was going to come back, the end of the world. Ah. The Bible says nobody knows. So when somebody predicts it, I mean, I could say every day, the Lord's going to come back today. Tomorrow, the Lord's going to come back today. I could be right one day, but people are going to stop listening to me after a while. Nobody knows. And it's not for us to run and hide. We shouldn't be in fear. These things are going to take place, and it is going to get worse. Just like the sons of Issachar, we need to understand the time in which we are living. To look around and see what is happening around us. We should be intelligent, understanding people. That is why we tell you to read your Bible. It will help you to understand. And there's lots of scriptures that I could give you on this subject this morning. Go and read those. 
And you can see and understand. We need to pray and be ready that you have a relationship with God. And if you don't, today you can change that. That you understand the voice of God. Because when He speaks, that you listen. And He's, he's speaking to His church. He is speaking to His church. And then watch the news. It does help. And not just, and here's my own pet peeve. The world news that we see here in the United States is not really a whole lot of world news. Unless America, United States, is the world, they don't tell a whole lot of stories that are happening outside. Lots of times I like to watch the BBC, the British Broadcast Communication, whatever it is, because they, they share a lot of those things. It's one of the things I, I look at a lot. This, this past week, my mom called me, and she told me this story. And I, I hadn't seen it, but she said, she goes, I was watching the news, and, and it was a story about our government. And it says that our government's really struggling with the Social Security number. They don't know what to do because so many people have you know, had their Social Security numbers stolen, and then they're able to purchase things. And you know all that stuff. But it said it's on the news that the government is trying to figure out what do they need to do. And they're kind of thinking about maybe doing away with the Social Security number. And don't, don't quote me on all this. I, I was hurting this secondhand. But they're trying to figure out how that they can identify people and it not be stolen, that, you know, they're able to do things and it's been misused and, and um, get one number wrong and that's it. And it's all leading up to the end times. It's all leading up to the end times. We need to have some kind of identification number or something that we can be identified and figuring out this, our government is a little confused. Further down in, in the scripture that I just read in Luke, in verses 34 through 36, it says, Be careful, or your hearts will all be weighed down with carousing and drunkenness and anxieties of life, and that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. For it will come on all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Not just part, but the whole earth. Be always on watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. There is coming a day when Jesus Christ is going to come back and He's going to take those who worship Him who walk with Him, who have accepted Him as Lord and Savior out of this world. It's called the rapture of the church. And it's a day that we should be looking forward to. We should know that it is getting close. We should know that it's getting close. And are you living in the last days? You might, you might not, but you're living in your last days. Did you get that? We might be living in the last days, but I can tell you for sure you are living in your last days here on earth. My grandfather was a minister, and he died about almost 40 years ago, and he used to preach the same message. Jesus is coming. Be ready. He really thought that the Lord was going to come back in his time. Died when he was in his 60s. That's what he preached same thing that I'm preaching today. Forty years later, we're still preaching it. Paul preached it. The apostle. Great ministers have preached it through the years. We don't know when it's happening. But it says, watch and pray. 
Watch and pray. We should be ready, but not live in fear. Live in the wonderment of what is happening around us. It's an exciting time to live. And there is really nothing that needs to take place for the Lord to come back, but if He doesn't, there's other things that will happen. Just to get us close for that time. To get us close to that time. Let me show you. We are now able to see things that are happening around the world as they are happening around the world. We couldn't do that a few years ago. Before we had the internet and satellites and the technology today, we couldn't see what was going on. We had to wait for it to come on our news after they had sent someone to film it, then bring it back to the studio, edit it, and everything else. Now we can watch it live as it's taking place anywhere around the world. That is just amazing. When Jesus comes back, we will all be witnesses to it. And I don't know if technology is going to be a part of it. I don't think so because when God wants to do something, God's going to show us all. And we will see Jesus come back the same way that he went. We are working towards one financial system. Europe, a few years ago, there was about 10, 12 countries that took on the euro. They said, let's not have our own denomination of currency. So they had one. I've even heard that, uh, you know, Canada and the United States and Mexico, there's been a little bit of talk of us having one currency. Nowadays, we have debit cards and we have credit cards. It seems like most people don't even carry money anymore. And if you want to take it a little bit further, and this will really boggle your mind, some of you will understand this term. It's called a Bitcoin. Some of you are like, Whew. go and look it up. This is a cyber currency that is going to catch on. That people are using it right now, and it's billions of dollars that's being used. And, and like I said, this, this shouldn't scare you. Just understand the times. I was sitting with somebody just two weeks ago, and we were talking about this. He was kind of informing me, and I'd talked to him before. We'd had conversations and everything else. And so he was helping me to understand, gave me a couple of websites. And he said, this is, this is really going to happen. That he, he, he said that if he wants to send money to a missionary that he has over in Africa, the banks close at 5 o'clock. So you can't go to the bank and say, listen, I want to transfer money, get this person. He said, I can go and send them Bitcoin at 3 o'clock in the morning, and it's done. That's how quick it is. And it's a currency that's being used around the world at this time. Now, you might not know anything about it. That's okay. Just understand the times. Eventually, we'll get comfortable with changes, just like chips. And you can see and go and read the Scriptures in Revelation that there's going to be a mark of the beast on your forehead or on your right hand. A lot of people think it's going to be a chip. And I think that it could be a chip. It could be that this is the start of what is yet to come. It's kind of like the credit cards that I was talking about. When credit cards came out, people didn't want them. They were afraid of them. They ran from them. Now we have four or five of them in our wallet. We don't even carry money anymore. The chip is going to be the same thing. I can prove it. How many of you have dogs? How many of you have put a chip in your dog? Yes, we have a chip in our dog. In case she runs away, 
Somebody finds her, brings her back. They can just keep her. <laughs> Can't tell that joke in a second service when the family's in here. Let's move on. There is a, this, this happened July in July. There was an article came out. There's a company up in Wisconsin that is putting a chip in their employees. Some of you heard about this. New York, I think it was New York Times or one of those New York newspapers. Then in Wisconsin that they're putting chips in their employees so that they can do transition, transactions with their company. It's just getting us comfortable. Understand, it just gets us comfortable. We say, because we'd say, I don't want that. It'll eventually, these things will eventually come. They'll eventually come. One world government, we started that a few years ago with the United Nations, and that's continuing on. Jesus also said that there would be one great evangelistic thrust, and that is also happening. Other than the United States, most, com most countries, the Christianity rate is growing. In a lot of countries, except for the United States, the Christianity rate is growing. I heard it this week, yes, statistics. In 1970, there were 1.2 billion Christians. In 2017, there are 2.6 billion Christians. We've grown 1.4 billion Christians in the last 40 years. And that's the good news. We should get excited that these things are happening. Each day, are we getting closer to going to heaven? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. So here's the promise. Here's the promise. First Thessalonians 4. It says, According to the Lord's words, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left at the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. Basically, those who have passed away. Those who are dead. It's a scripture that I use a lot of times when I'm doing uh, funeral services. And it's interesting that he says that they have fallen asleep. Why? Because they're going to rise up again. For the Lord himself will come down from the heaven. Isn't that what the two men standing by the disciples said? He will come in the same way as he's gone up. With a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with a trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. The dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left to the, will be caught up. Caught up in the Greek, there's two words that make up caught up. In the Greek, it's, it's called snatched suddenly. If you go and look it up in the Greek, it means snatched suddenly, that they're taken out. If you look it up in the Latin, it means raptor, raptor, where we get the word rapture, because you won't find the word rapture in the Bible. But that's where we get the scripture, that's where we get the word rapture from. Together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Are you encouraged this morning? Jesus is coming back. There's going to be a loud command. There's going to be a, sharp, a shout of the archangel and the trumpet call of God. The dead are going to rise first and then we're going after them. So if you want to run to the graveyard when you hear that and watch those people pop out. <laughs> I used to say that. I don't say that anymore. I can't wait. It shouldn't be a time that we are frightened by. It should be a time we say, let's go. Let's go. 
get to see it pass before your very eyes, that we get to fly up with him. Wouldn't that be great? Next, we should know how. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 4, it says, Now, brothers and sisters, about the times and the dates, we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness so that the day should not surprise you like a thief. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction is going to come. And that's the thing. You can hear that, you know, America is one of the safest places to live and all these different things. Uh, But destruction is coming. He says it there. Destruction will come. We need to be planning for that day. Don't be caught off guard. Many many people read years ago the the books. Oh, it just left me. um, It was a popular series. Left Behind series, thank you very much. And I read those too. You know, I got involved in them, and it just kind of showed what was going to take place during the tribulation. Tribulation is the seven years that takes place after the rapture, and I don't want to be here. We believe that the church will be taken out before the tribulation comes. That's where our church stands. It's what we believe. And I do want to go before, our church, or before the rapture takes place because it's not going to be great to live here. And the thing is, is it's, it's kind of like Christmas. Every year there's people that wait until December 24th to go shopping. <laughs> December 25th every year! <laughs> oh, I forgot. December 25th every year! Now some people just like to go out and shop on December 24th, but you've been warned. It's coming. Be ready. So is Christmas. Be ready. And here's the thing. You see signs that it's coming. I've been to a number of stores that I have seen Christmas decorations out. And we haven't even had Thanksgiving yet. We haven't even had Halloween. It's going to start right after Easter one of these days. And people will still be surprised on December 24th. Oh, I forgot. Those are the ones who are going to be left. If you're one of those people, you're going to be left if you don't understand. <laughs> and we should know when. I'm sorry, let me back up. There's a scripture that's not in your notes. Luke chapter 12, 35 through 40. Be dressed, ready for service to keep the lamps burning, like servants waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet, so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open a door to him. It will be good for those servants who finds their master watching when he comes. Truly, I tell you that he will... He will dress himself to serve, will have them recline at the table, and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or towards daybreak. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would, have, he would not have let his house be broken into. So you also be ready because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. 
and that is the truth. We don't know when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. We're just to be ready. We should know when. Matthew chapter 24. It says, As was in the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Up to the day Noah entered in the ark, and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. This is how it will be as in the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field, and one will be taken, another left. Two women will be grinding at the, at the handmill. One will be taken, the other left. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time the, at the night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would have not let his house be broken into. So you also be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour that you do not expect him. They could have seen the signs of the time. It took a hundred years for Noah to build this ark. And if they would have just listened to God, they would have been okay. But after a hundred years, then God speaks to Noah and he says, go and get the animals. He goes, I'm ready to start the rain. And he did and he shut the door and then those who were on the outside were left. I, I, I think that, when I think back about that, I think that was probably one of the most horrific times to live and I don't know, but in my own mind, I see Noah, and as the rains are coming in, and the people are, are, you know, up to their knees, and then up to their waist in water, where do you think they ran to? Ran to the ark. Wanting to get in. Wanting to get in. The story of the virgins, five were ready, and five weren't. We need to be ready. Five took the oil, and five didn't take the oil, and they went to go and buy in the store. When it comes and when it happens, you can't say, okay, give me a few minutes, God, and I'll be ready. No, it's going to be time for us to go. Time for us to go. First Thessalonians 5, 5 and 6, not in your notes. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then... Let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. Awake and sober. So after the rapture, there will come a time after the tribulation of seven years. And the last part about this is that there's going to be a thousand-year reign when Christ will bring us back. In Revelation chapter 20, 1 through 6, and it says, And I saw an angel coming down out of heaven, having the key to the abyss, and holding in his hand a great chain. He seized the dragon and the ancient serpent, who is the devil, or Satan, and bound him for a thousand years, and he threw him into the abyss, and he locked and sealed it over him to keep him from deceiving the nations anymore until a thousand years were ended. After that, he must be set free for a short time. I saw thr uh, thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony, Christians who accept uh, Jesus Christ during the rapture, about Jesus and because of the word of God. They had not, not worshipped the beast and its images and had not received the mark on their foreheads or their hands, again, those in the, in the uh, tribulation. 
They came to life and they reigned with Christ a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until a thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. The second death has, only, has no power over them, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. There will be those who don't accept Jesus Christ at this place, and when the rapture takes place, there will be those who accept Jesus Christ during the rapture. And that's what that part of that scripture is talking about. I don't have time to go into all of that today. So let me get to the last part. What should I do? What should I do? What should you do? 1 Peter 4, 7 and 8. Again, not in your notes if you want to write it down. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. Number one, you need to make a decision to follow Jesus Christ. Number one, you need to make a decision to follow Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. To know His Word, to read His Bible, to seek His face each and every day, to pray. He's got the answers. And if we pray, God will help us when it's time. That you know that voice because you've prayed with Him. That you have a relationship with Him. And then also, help others to know the truth. We're called to make disciples. That's what this year has been about. Equip, discipleship. Wednesday nights when we're talking about equip, and, and, and it's all about helping us to make disciples. That's the Great Commission, to go on to all the world and make disciples. Make disciples. If you knew that someone was going to be, if you're walking down the street and you knew that somebody was going to be struck by a car, you'd do something about it, wouldn't you? You'd pull them. You would tell them. You would do whatever you can. We've seen the fires out in California, and the thing is, is they've been warned. I, 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 here's, my, here's my problem, I guess, my concern with it. I don't understand why so many people have lost their lives. They didn't see the fire coming or what. I don't know. I, I haven't been out there. I don't know their stories. But it, it amazes me that so many people have passed away. And if you look at some of those places that have been burned out, then they didn't see it coming up over the hill. Warning had been given to them. It's on the news. We need to tell others that we love those that we don't love, our friends, our family, our neighbors, our co-workers, Jesus is coming. It's time to get ready. There's nothing that should hold us back to this earth. Naked you came into the world, naked you will leave. There's nothing that you brought in. There's nothing that you're going to take out. I've done hundreds of funerals. I've seen things put in the caskets, but it doesn't mean you get to take it with you. you. Just put in a casket with you. The one thing that you have is your relationship with God, which will determine where you go after you die. So what about you? Are you ready? Are you one of those sons of Issachar? 
that you understand the times and you know what to do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would help us. Father, understand the time that we're living in. And Father, not just understand it, but Father, that we know what we need to do. Father, that when we walk out of here, that we can see that the changing of the seasons. Father, we can see that it might just be another day. But we also see that you could come back today. You could come back today. Father, what a day that will be. When my Jesus I shall see. Father, I pray that you would just help us to study your word, to understand what your word says about these times that we are living in. Father, there's many more scriptures. Help us to be knowledgeable. And then help us to do. In Jesus' name. As every head remains bowed, every eye is closed. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never made that decision or maybe you made that decision a long time ago and you've kind of fallen away from that decision, that relationship with God. I want to pray with you this morning. And if that's you this morning, and you know that if the Lord would come back today, you are not ready. I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand right where you're at that I can acknowledge you. Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Thank you. Anyone else? The Lord would come back today. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe you're here this morning, and as I've shared this, it's made you a little bit fearful. It's nothing to be afraid of. It's going to be an exciting time. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning, if you will. I'm going to ask the prayer teams, all the prayer teams, if they would come down this morning to pray with people. This morning, maybe you're a little bit fearful. It's okay. It really is okay. We have prayer teams that are down here that will come and help. You can come down and, and ask prayer. There's times, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, with all the things that are happening around the world, I, I don't like it. I really don't. You know, when before Kim and I had children, I did think long and hard, is, is this the kind of place, you know, that I want to bring children into? Now I think, you know, when they have kids. But to raise them to know God. That's what's important. To raise them to know God. Maybe you need prayer this morning for a health need, financial, emotional. Come down this morning. Let them pray. Because I say so many times, if you don't ask for prayer, you're going to walk out the same way as you came in, still having a need.